you in for Tommy Tucker. Matt O'Brien, Research Director for the Federation for American Immigration Reform, or FAIR, joins us this morning. Matt, thanks for taking time with us here on WWL. Thanks for having me on. Um, now, we hear uh, President Trump once again is floating the idea of uh, doing away with the uh, birthright citizenship, even though it's uh, in the 14th Amendment. He says he's seriously looking at it and uh, thinking about using an executive order. Uh, what do you guys think about this proposal? Well, it's an interesting question because it's not entirely clear that it is in the 14th Amendment. Uh, the Supreme Court in uh, U.S. v. One Kim Ark, which was a, a case having to do with the Chinese Exclusion Act, said that the children of lawful permanent residents who are born in the United States are U.S. citizens by birth. Uh, to date, the court has not ruled on whether that applies to illegal aliens, and we actually did some research on this, and we cannot find any specific opinion of the U.S. government or a specific point at which that practice originated. It seems to have been the Immigration Service just decided this on its own somewhere between 1920 and 1960 and just started processing all children of illegal aliens born in the U.S. as citizens. So well, it's an open question. Well, Matt, didn't didn't the ruling, because we had someone on last hour talking about it, didn't the ruling basically say since he was born in America, he is an American citizen, even though his parents were not? Well, it said that uh, Wong Kim Ark was a United States citizen by virtue of birth in the United States right. because his parents were lawfully here. And the question was whether okay. the fact that the Chinese Exclusion Act prohibited them from becoming citizens also prohibited him from becoming a citizen. Okay. So because they were lawfully here, that's that's in the uh, the ruling? Yes, that's okay. correct. Okay. So that's that's the key word. So, again, it comes down to the key words and how it's all going to be interpreted. But since then, most Supreme Courts have interpreted it that just being born in the country means you're a citizen. Well, the question has not actually gone before the Supreme Court, so it's still an open question. And this appears to be something that the Immigration Service just unilaterally did without ever stating a specific legal basis for it. So if President Trump does an executive order, obviously it's going to go to the courts and it would then go before the Supreme Court. Uh, ultimately, it would make its way to the Supreme Court, and uh, it remains to be seen how the Supreme Court would rule on this particular issue. What is the main uh, issue that this is causing the American immigration system right now? Well, the problem is that when people come here unlawfully and their children become citizens, eventually when the children become 21, they become eligible to sponsor members to come here through chain migration. Um, it, it creates other problems as well because in certain circumstances when people are subject to deportation, if they have young children who are U.S. citizens, uh, it's limited, but there are certain types of relief that they can get from deportation. So it essentially makes it a, uh, a sort of shield to have a child here in the United States if you come here illegally. Okay, so is that why many people are coming here illegally, you think? Well, I think the bulk of people who are coming here illegally are coming here uh, due to the fact that the conditions in their own countries are not as favorable as the conditions here. Mm -hmm. uh, but the question for people in the United States is, why are we rewarding lawbreakers by making their children automatically citizens? Okay. So our our past guest says the law was interpreted that says basically if you were born here, uh, you're saying that uh, the 14th Amendment and the way it was interpreted is they have to be here lawfully 
in order to uh, have their children be citizens by birthright, correct? Uh, that's correct, as far as the Supreme Court decisions go. Now, the U.S. government has, the executive branch has been interpreting it as everyone, um, but as I said, there's no identifiable legal basis for that decision, and we can't even trace the point when it actually began. So by doing this, uh, the president uh, would put it into motion to possibly get a final decision from the Supreme Court as to how this is, correct? Uh, he would, in fact. Would lawfully here mean uh, visas and green cards? Would that count? Uh Yes. I mean, I, I think as the uh, Supreme Court interpreted this in Wong Kim Art, they limited it to people who uh, were lawful permanent residents. Mm -hmm. um, so it would remain to be seen whether this would apply to temporary visitors. Uh, at least with temporary visitors, they are lawfully present here. Mm -hmm. um, but when someone has declared a temporary intention to be in the United States, there's a valid legal question of why would we confer citizenship on their children? since they are clearly citizens of another nation and intend to remain that way as evidenced by the fact that they're only temporarily coming here. All right, Matt, uh, hang on with me for a second. I've got some more questions to ask you, and I've got some more texts that are coming in about this. Uh, Matt O'Brien, Research Director for FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Matt O'Brien, uh, Research Director for FAIR, is our guest. And Matt, earlier I gave out the list. Some people are asking me what other countries do this. Uh, I think there's a list of about 35 countries that uh, actually have the birthright citizenship, and most of them are here in the New World, um, but in uh, most in Europe uh, do not. Uh, that's correct. So in the New World, uh, a lot of the places, um, even after their independence uh, from, say, Spain or the United Kingdom or France as colonies, were relatively unpopulated. So they had an interest in attracting people to come to their countries in order to farm and engage in industry and so on and so forth. And so they made very broad-based rules for um, handing out citizenship in order to encourage people to come. The situation in the U.S. was a little bit different uh, in that most of our citizenship jurisprudence dates to the Civil War, uh, the Civil Rights Act, and the 14th Amendment. Okay. So uh, some of those countries, uh, I mean, the only one I think that's not, I'm looking at the list real, real fast here, that is not in the New World, I think it's Pakistan. And what's the other one? I think that's it, pretty much. The rest are are pretty much on this side of the world or are just, I like Fiji, you know, smaller places where you're going to see some people come. Uh, and some of the islands also uh, as well. Uh, Tanzania, that would be the only other one, I think. So it it, it is mostly a, uh, when I say new world, you know, not Europe, as we all say, the new world and the old world. It's mostly a new world uh, that does this. The rest do it by the blood because, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, we saw a story. Italy, right now, a lot of Americans are finding out that they have dual citizenship in uh, Italy when they do their research, and they are actually taking advantage of it. I, it, it it's a complicated thing, um, and it really becomes a big issue when in the United States it's the basis for other immigration rights. And since the U.S. is such a popular destination country, this should be of concern to everyone in the United States uh, simply because the way we do migration based on family relationships and based on what we call chain migration, everyone who becomes a citizen here by birth uh, to 
foreign parents and particularly to illegal alien parents, is a person who becomes eligible to sponsor more people to come to the United States through lawful migration. So is this putting a strain on uh, the United States and our resources? I think it is, because the Migration Policy Institute and the uh, Pew Research Organization have estimated that there are about 4.5 million people uh, who were born to illegal aliens who have become citizens uh, since immigration started to uh, tick upward after the passage of the 1965 Immigration Act. Um, With people massing on the border the way they are now in response to crises in Latin America, you have a massive potential number of people who could wind up having having children here who become citizens and then serve as the basis for large numbers of their blood relatives coming here to the United States through chain migration. So in other words, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are saying, and I'm getting some text about this, saying that, you know, at one time in America, this was a good thing. And, and since you see most of these countries are new world countries, because, as you said, they had to get populous. But now that the population of America is growing, it's probably time to change it back to the way that it's being done in Europe. Well, I, I think it's a question both of um the the need to become populated, but you also have to take into account that we changed our immigration system drastically in 1965. And prior to 1965, we had what was called the National Origins Quota System, where Congress took a snapshot of the U.S. population and said, this is a mix that is working. There are pre-existing communities of people from various countries that will help assimilate their co-countrymen when they come here to the United States. And so they kept immigration based on that mix of countries. The 1965 Act changed that and made it all a family-based system so that the only qualification was having a relative who happened to make it here lawfully before you did, which essentially takes the, the pool the choice of the pool of migrants out of the hands of the American people and puts it in the hands of people migrating here. So Previously, with the National Origins Quota System, birthright citizenship wasn't a major problem because the immigration was much more tightly controlled. But under the 1965 Act, and combined with the massive amount of illegal migration we now have, this is a potential problem because it means that the U.S. isn't selecting people who join our political family as citizens. It's largely a self-selecting group. All right, Matt O'Brien, a research director for FAIR, Federation for American Immigration Reform. Thanks for taking time with us on WWL.